Namaste. According to modern Ayurvedic sources, the origins of Ayurveda have been traced to around 6000 BCE, whereas first recorded forms of Ayurveda as medical texts evolved from the Vedas. The origins of Ayurveda are also found in Atharva Veda, which contains 114 hymns and incantations described as magical cures for disease. Ayurveda is generally understood as science of life, translating Ayu as life and Veda as science. Ayurveda is an ancient system of life and also the oldest surviving medical system in the world. It is considered to be an ancient science of healing that enhances longevity. Ayurveda embraces all living things, human or non-human. Ayurveda is not only a system of medicine but also a way of life for complete positive health and spiritual attainments. Ayurveda believes that healthy body is the basis for attaining four cherished goals of life, Chaturvid Purusharth, that is Dharma, Earth, Kaam and Moksha. Positive health is defined as a combination of Dosh Dhatu Samya, that is well-balanced metabolism and Prasanna Atma Indriya Manaha, that is happy state of the soul, senses and the mind. Senses here mean the five organs of perception, Jnanendriya, that is smell, taste, sight, touch and hearing, coupled with the organs of action, that is Karmendriya, mouth, hands, foot and organs of excretion and reproduction. Ayurvedic system teaches that a person's mental, emotional and spiritual being are all interconnected and any kind of imbalance between them results in health disorder and diseases. Thus, to remain healthy and happy, efforts are required to be made in the direction of maintaining harmony among all these elements and only then can one get closer to the goal of longevity and disease-free life. According to Ayurveda, each one of us has a unique mix of three body principles that constitutes our mental, physical and spiritual well-being. These three principles are known as doshas which are further classified as vat that is air, ether, kaf, water and earth and pith that is water. It means that our Ayurvedic constitution is mainly be either of these doshas or a mixed constitution of two doshas like vat and kaf, pith, kaf and pith and vat and pith. According to Ayurveda, the human body is composed of tissues, waste and biomaterials. The seven dhatus are plasma, blood, muscles, fat, bone, marrow and semen. Like the medicine of classical antiquity, Ayurveda has historically divided bodily substances into five classical elements, Panch Mahabhut, earth, water, fire, air and ether. The three elemental bodily humors, the doshas or tridosh are Vat, Pit and Kaf. A parallel set of mental doshas termed as Satgun, Rajogun and Tamasgun control psychology. Each dosh has particular attributes and roles within the body and mind. The natural predominance of one or more doshas thus explains a person's physical constitution. 
known as prakriti and personality ayurvedic tradition holds that imbalance among the bodily and mental doshas is a major etiologic component of disease one ayurvedic view is that the doshas are balanced when they are equal to each other while another view is that each human possesses a unique combination of the doshas which define this person's temperament and characteristics ayurvedic medicines are fast gaining popularity across the world one of the major reasons for it being that ayurveda seeks to normalize body functions with varied techniques including advice on food and activity internal herbal preparations purification treatments that is panchakarma and surgical methods that is shalya chikitsa ayurvedic medicines are non invasive and non toxic in nature and therefore are free from any side effects treatment in ayurveda is a healing process which aims at getting rid of the disease preventing its future occurrence and ensuring overall well-being the treatment attacks the root cause of the problem as its objective is not just restoring health but also to create balance in the body it is achieved by balancing the doshas which in turn eliminates toxins and strengthens the digestive system thereby opening up channels and rejuvenating the tissues the earliest classical sanskrit works on ayurveda describe medicine as being divided into eight components this characterization of the physician's art the medicine that has eight components chikitsam ashtangayam is first found in the sanskrit epic of mahabharata the components are kaya chikitsa which deals with general medicine medicine of body komar bhratya that is pediatrics shalya tantra that is surgical techniques shalakyantra treatment of ailments affecting eyes ears nose and mouth that is ent bhut vidya specification of possessing spirits and the people whose minds are affected by such possession agadh tantra that is toxicology it includes subjects about epidemics toxins in animals vegetables and minerals rasayan tantra rejuvenation and tonics for increasing life span intellect and strength vajikarana yantra aphrodisiacs and treatments for increasing the volume and viability of semen and sexual pleasure in addition ayurveda offers one of the world's most comprehensive cleansing protocols known as panchakarma this ancient practice uses five primary therapies to release and eliminate accumulated toxins from deep within the tissues and return the doshas to their proper seats in the body ayurveda has eight ways to diagnose illness called pulse urine stool tongue speech touch vision and appearance ayurveda follows the concept of dincharya which says that natural cycles waking sleeping working meditation are important for health hygiene including regular bathing cleaning of teeth oil pulling tongue scraping skin care and eye washing is also a central practice ayurveda also focuses on exercise yoga and meditation one type of prescription is a sattvic diet plant based treatments in ayurveda may be derived from roots leaves fruits bark or seeds 
Animal products used in Ayurveda include milk, bones and gallstones. In addition, fats are prescribed both for consumption and for external use. Consumption of minerals including sulfur, arsenic, lead, copper, sulfate and gold are also prescribed. Ayurveda uses alcoholic beverages called madhya which are said to adjust the doshas by increasing pith and reducing vat and cuff. Ayurvedic texts describe madhya as non-viscid and fast-acting and say that it enters and cleans minute pores in the body. Purified opium and oils are also used in a number of ways including regular consumption, anointing, smearing, head massage, application of to affected areas and oil pulling. Liquids may also be poured on the patient's forehead, a technique called shirodhara. Cataric surgery is mentioned in the Sushrut Sahita as a procedure to be performed with a Jabamukhi Shlaka, a curved needle used to loosen the obstructing pelgrim and push it out of the field of vision. The eye would later be soaked with warm butter and then bandaged. The inoplasty is also mentioned in Sushrut Sahita. About 75% to 80% of the population of Nepal use Ayurveda and it is the most practiced form of medicine in the country. Ayurveda spas are common in Sri Lanka. The Sri Lankan tradition of Ayurveda is similar to the Indian tradition. Practitioners of Ayurveda in the Sri Lanka refer to Sanskrit texts which are common to both countries. The origin and antiquity of Ayurveda have been examined from two considerations. One is myth and tradition and second is historical analysis. Tradition has it that Ayurveda is of divine origin from Brahma who later on communicated this knowledge to the Ashwins and from the twin divinities it came to Indra. Its human tradition began with the transmission of this divine knowledge to the two mythical personages Bhardwaj and Dhanvantri who in their turn were responsible for the two streams of Ayurveda that is medicine and surgery. Traditionally, Bhardwaj specialized in both medicine and surgery. It therefore appears that the two streams originated not from two persons but from one under two appellations. This is corroborated by the association of Dhanvantri with his incarnated name Devadas and subsequently with Bhardwaj in the Rig Veda and later Vedic texts. It is also believed that their two successors, Aitre and Sushrut, were not two different persons. Sushrut alias Bahushrut, meaning an extremely learned person. The divine origin of Ayurveda has been mentioned by Charak and Sushrut as well as by later authorities. The spread of Ayurveda in Hellenic countries is to some extent inferred but in the case of Arab countries and other parts of the world it is evident as Ayurvedic texts or their translations are found there. Some renowned Ayurvedic texts were translated into Arabic and from Arabic to Persian. The Sushrut Sahita was translated by an immigrant Indian physician under the title of Kitab Samural Hind-e. Ali ibn Zain translated the Charak Sahita under the title of Sarag. The Ashtanghride was translated as Ashtankar and the Madhmanidan as Badan. Ayurveda thus came to be a known 
signs in Arabia from where it spread into Persia. There is evidence of the spread of Ayurvedic concepts and facts in Iran, Central Asia, Tibet, Indochina, Indonesia and Cambodia. Several Ayurvedic texts have been found in Central Asia. There is mention of eight divisions of Ayurveda in the classical texts but references to specialist Vedyas are rare. A Vedya was expected to be proficient in all fields of medicine including surgery. There is evidence to show that Vedyas were well paid. For example, in the sources, physician Jeevak is described as very wealthy. The physicians in state service received lucrative salaries. Vedyas were paid in both cash and kind. The ancient texts prescribe that a Vedya should not take fee from Brahmins and should provide them with medicine. He is advised not to treat criminals, bird snarers, huntsmen and the opponents of the rulers. Among the renowned physicians of ancient India was a physician named Charak at the court of Kanishk. Dhritbal was a Kashmiri scholar physician who later revised and redacted the Charak Sahita. Others include Sushrut who composed Sushrut Sahita, Nagarjun who revised and enlarged it and Vagbhat who wrote the Ashtang Hridaya. Several Buddhist monks were Ayurvedic pioneers. Perhaps the most renowned physician of ancient India was Jeevak, to whom numerous stories and legends are attributed. Charak says about the goal of the Vedya that not for self, not for the fulfillment of any earthly desire or gain, but solely for the good of suffering should you treat your patients and so excel all. Those who sell the treatment of diseases as merchandise gather dust and neglect gold. Medicine as separate discipline appeared by the 2nd century BCE. Medical education was pursued after finishing the basic education. Medical training was imparted by the teachers in their ashrams. The University of Takshila was well known for the study of medicine in ancient India. Students trained here were held in high regard. One hardly finds references of families of physicians. According to Charak Sahita, students hailing from such families were preferentially admitted. However, at the same time, Charak asserts that it is training, not birth, that makes a Vedya. The medical student was admitted via a proper ceremony. He was expected to follow a strict code of conduct and behavior. The legend of Jeevak tells us that medical training was acquired over a lengthy duration of seven years. Road learning being an integral part of medical education, students were expected to memorize the classical texts and their commentaries. They were also encouraged to study popular beliefs, folklore and bhut vidya. Practical training was an important part of Ayurvedic studies. Watching their teacher curing the ill and aiding him in the preparation of drugs resulted in a lot of learning. As part of their surgical training, Sushrut advises Ayurvedic students to practice surgical procedures on vegetables, fruits and body parts of animals. For anatomical knowledge, Sushrut recommended careful observation of a dead body. During the 6th century BCE, Mehirsi Sushrut a legendary scholar of the Indian medical science and founding father of surgery wrote one of the world's earliest works on medicine and surgery. Sushrut lived in the ancient city of Kashi 
now known as Varanasi. 2600 years ago, Maharshi Sushrut together with his colleagues had conducted the variety of complex surgeries such as cesareans, artificial limbs, cataract, urinary stones, fractures and more especially the plastic surgery. In a famous book Shalya Tantra, Shushrut described about all the surgical procedures. Shalya Tantra was later named as the Shushrut Sahita. In Sushrut Sahita, written in Sanskrit language, Shushrut has described all the amazing surgical procedures with the accuracy and curative efficacy. It forms the foundations of the ancient Hindu form of medicine known as Ayurveda. Sushrut Sahita is the key reference book for all the Ayurvedic surgeons. Sushrut Sahita in its extent form is divided into 186 chapters and contains descriptions of 1120 illnesses, 700 medicinal plants, 64 preparations from mineral sources and 57 preparations based on animal sources. Sushrut Sahita has two parts. First one is known as the Purva Tantra and the second one is known as the Uttar Tantra. These two parts together cover all other specialties such as medicine, geriatrics, pediatrics, ear diseases, diseases of the nose, throat, eye, toxicology and psychiatry. The five books of the Purva Tantra having 120 chapters are Sutrasthan, Sharirasthan, Nidansthan, Chikitsasthan and Kalpasthan. He had classified the surgical operations and explained the plastic surgery as well as its tools. He had described around 8 special operations for surgery such as the cutting, piercing, opening, scratching, inserting and stitching. Mahasi Shushrut had worked as both the practitioner and the teacher of surgery. Mahasi Shushrut has described in his writings that the hemorrhage can be easily arrested and has given the procedure to arrest. According to Sushrut, the wound is an ultimate abrasion of the underlying pathological structure which starts with the inflammation. He was the pioneer of anesthesia and has prompted the proper use of wine with incense of cannabis for the anesthesia purpose. He had also classified the bones along with their reaction to injuries. He had described six types of dislocation of joints and 12 varieties of fractures of the shaft together with the principles of fracture treatment such as traction, manipulation, appositions and stabilization. Shushrut was well known about the urinary stones, variety of stones, sign symptoms, method of removal, operational complications as well as the anatomy of urinary bladder. Apart from all above, he had described the surgery of intestinal obstruction, perforated intestines, abdomen accidental injuries which involves the prostruction of omentum. His main contribution was towards the field of plastic and cataract surgery. He had described all the basic principles of plastic surgery by offering a suitable physiotherapy before operations. The technique of the release of skin in order to cover all the small defects, rotation of the flaps to heal the partial loss of the pedicle flaps to cover the entire loss of skin from an area are well described by him. He has given various other methods together with the rotation graft, sliding graft, pedicle graft, rhinoplasty and labioplasty. Skin grafts entail transplanting pieces of skin from one part of the body to another. 
today, surgeons use skin grafts to restore areas that have lost protective layers of tissue due to trauma, infection, burns as well as to restore areas where surgical intervention has created a loss of skin as can happen with melanoma removal. Rhinoplasty, colloquially known as the nose job, is a surgery performed to achieve two results to improve the breathing function of the nose, to improve the cosmetic look of the nose. Schutzruth Stratrise provides the first written record of a forehead flap rhinoplasty, a technique still used today to reconstruct a nose. He used a flap of skin from the forehead called a pedicle to form a new nose. The nose in Indian society has remained a symbol of dignity and respect throughout antiquity. In ancient times, Amputation of the nose was frequently done as a punishment for criminals, war prisoners or people indulged in adultery. The practice of rhinoplasty slowly started as a result of the need to reconstruct the external nose and later developed to a full-fledged science. He explored surgeons to achieve perfect healing which is characterized by the absence of any elevation and duration, swelling mass and the return of normal coloring. A number of Shushut's contributions have been discussed in modern literature. Some of these include Hrithshul which is heart pain, circulation of vital body fluids such as blood which is known as Raktadhatu and lymph that is Rasdhatu, Madhumehi, obesity and hypertension. The first mention of leprosy is described in Sushrut Sahita. The Sushrut Sahita is best known for its approach and discussions of surgery. It was one of the first in human history to suggest a student should practice states the text on objects resembling the deceased or body part. It has been stated that the Sushrut Sahita is likely a work that includes several historical layers whose composition may have begun in the last centuries BCE, it has been stated that the Sushut Sahita is likely a work that includes several historical layers whose composition may have begun in the last centuries BCE and was completed in its presently surviving form by another author who redacted its first five sections and added the long final section, the Uttar Tantra. It is likely that Sushut Sahita was known to the scholar Dridbal somewhere between 300 to 500 contemporary era, which gives the latest date of the version of the work that has survived into the modern era. Shushrut is named in the text as the author who presented the teachings of his guru Devadas. He is said in ancient texts such as the Buddhist Jataks to have been a physician who taught in the school of Kashi that is Varanasi in parallel to another medical school in Takshila sometime between 1200 BCE to 600 BCE. One of the oldest palm leaf manuscripts of Sushut Sahita has been discovered in Nepal. It is preserved in the Kaiser Library, Nepal as manuscript KL699 with its digital copy archived by Nepal German Manuscript Preservation Project. The partially damaged manuscript consists of 152 folios written on both sides with six to eight lines in transitional Gupta script. The manuscript has been verifiably dated to have been completed by the scribe on Sunday, April 13, 878 contemporary era. Sushut Sahita remained preserved for many centuries exclusively in Sanskrit language. 
in the 8th century AD, Sushrut Sahita was translated into Arabic as Kitab Shahashun al-Hindi and Kitab e Sushrut. The first European translation of Sushrut Sahita was published by Hessler in Latin and in German by Muller in the early 19th century. The complete English literature was done by Kaviraz Kunjlal Bishagratna in the three volumes in 1907 in Calcutta. The text was known to the Khmer King Yashovarman I of Cambodia. Sushut was also known as the medical authority in Tibetan literature. In India, a major commentary on the text known as Nibandh Sangrah was written by Dalhan in 1200 CE. The Sushut Sahita was composed after Charak Sahita and except for some topics and their emphasis, both discuss many similar subjects. The Sushut and Charak texts differ in one major aspect, with Sushrut Sahita providing the foundation of surgery while Charak Sahita being primarily a foundation of medicine. Acharya Charak has been crowned as the father of medicine. His work Charak Sahita is an encyclopedia of Ayurveda. Charak, who was a practitioner of the traditional system of Indian medicine known as Ayurveda, is known to have been the royal physician of King Kanishka. Agnivesh, under the guidance of the ancient physician Atre, had written an encyclopedic treatise in the 8th century BCE. However, it was only when Charak revised this treatise that it gained popularity and came to be known as Charak Sahita. For two millennium, it remained a standard work on the subject and was translated into many foreign languages, including Arabic and Latin. According to the introductory chapter of the Charak Sahita itself, there existed six schools of medicine founded by the disciples of the sage Punarvasu Atre. Each of his disciples, Agnivesh, Bhel, Jatukarn, Parashar, Harit and Aksharpani, composed a medical compendium. The Agnivesh Sahita was later revised by Charak and it came to be known as Charak Sahita. The Charak Sahita was itself later supplemented by Dhridbal. It contains eight parts. Sutrasthan, Nidansthan, Vimansthan, Sharirsthan, Indriyasthan, Chikitsasthan, Kalpsthan and Siddhisthan. There were eight main chapters in this book. There had been 120 sub-chapters of which they all in total had 12,000 verses and description of 2,000 medicines. There were cures for diseases related to almost every body part of human body and all medicines had natural elements to cure the diseases. In addition, he has described the influence of diet and activity on the mind and body and has also detailed the relation of spirituality and physical health which contributes greatly to the diagnosis and cure of disease. Charak seems to have been an early proponent of prevention is better than cure doctrine. This statement is rightly attributed to Acharya Charak, a physician who fails to enter the body of a patient with the lamp of knowledge and understanding can never treat diseases. He should first study all the factors including environment which influence a patient's disease and then prescribe treatment. It is more important to prevent the occurrence of disease than to seek a cure. Charak's contribution to the fields of physiology, etiology and embryology have been recognized. Charak studied the anatomy of the human body and various organs. 
Charak is generally considered as the first physician to present the concept of digestion, metabolism and immunity. According to him, our body functions because it contains three dosh or principles namely Vat, Pit and Kaf. These doshas are produced when Dhatus, they are blood, flesh and marrow, act upon the food eaten. For the same quantity of food eaten, one body however produces dosha in an amount different from another body. That is why one body is different from another body. Further, he stressed illness is caused when the balance among the three doshas in a human body are disturbed. Although he was aware of germs in the body, he did not give them primary importance. While Charak delved into the, all aspects of medicine, including the logic and philosophy behind the Indian medicinal system, he placed special emphasis on the diagnosis of disease and treated Ayurveda as a comprehensive system of healthcare that dealt with both preventive and curative aspects. Charak devotes considerable space in the Charak Sahita to prenatal care, postnatal care and treatment of mothers. He believes that a child needs to be looked after right from the time of conception. He thought that the health and mental state of a mother have direct bearing on the health of a child. Therefore, he recommends proper diet and nutrition for mothers during pregnancy. Charak believes that the basic building block of the human body is a cell. Our bodies are made up of countless cells. These cells are composed of five fundamental elements, earth, water, fire, air and space. Similarly, other objects of our universe are also made up of the same elements. Hence, proper selection of food and natural medicine help restore the required deficiency in the human body. Through his genius and intuition, Acharya Charak has made a landmark contribution to the history of Ayurveda. If you want to know more about ancient Indian scientists, please refer to the playlist Ancient Indian Scientists. If you have liked the video, please like, share and subscribe. Thank you.